0: your go-to true crime podcast. I'm your host, Elliot Morgan. I'm here with Peter Rollins. Today, we are discussing the true crime phenomenon of the recent case of Gabby Petito, which I believe everyone has pretty much heard about.
1: Are we trying to chase clicks here?
0: Uh, absolutely, always. We're trying to um, jump in on something contemporary. We're trying to jump in on something that happened like six weeks ago, yeah. <laughs> which I think is uh, pretty on point. We've been doing this. We had another... Um, a, a more current up-to-date episode that we did uh, on um, the show, The Activists or something like that, or maybe oh, acti- yeah. the, the thing on CBS, that was a big uproar. Uh, and we are going to uh, put that exclusively on mm-hmm. patreoncom fundamentalists, which you can go to if you would like to support this podcast. Uh, and also we're going to be working on a new uh, little set soon and all that fun stuff, so I'm very excited about it. maybe even, and this is what I'm, this is a crazy thing that I'm going for. Okay. But I've been wanting this for so long multiple camera angles. Oh. Right? How right. crazy would that be that for the be, video versions? In, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can find it at YouTube.com. Uh-oh. Slash Elliot Morgan. So um, let's see. Uh, let, let, let's dive in here. So
1: are you going to give us an update then? I'm going to give a little just, bit yeah. of an update. Yes. As someone <sighs> who hasn't followed it at all. You haven't followed I, it at all. At I, all. I knew except for Dog the Bounty Hunter. I watched, <laughs> I watched something where he was talking yes. about it.
0: Um, That's when I checked out. Yeah, that's when I said enough. That's where
1: I checked in. I was like, yeah. "This guy, I don't even yeah, okay. know much about him." But I'm like, who is it. this guy?
0: <laughs> yeah, you uh, you missed that. You missed the the, the dog, the bounty hunter kind of kind of wave that happened. He was quite the phenomenon for a second. Yeah. Um. So, two weeks since Gabby Petito was revealed to have been the victim. And by the way, in case you're wondering, we only have the most trusted news sources uh, available. So this comes from Fox News. Two weeks since Gabby Petito was revealed to have been the victim of a homicide. Famed forensic pathologist Dr. Michael Baden told Fox News the FBI's decision to withhold her remains from her family was very unusual, as was the agency's decision not to release the cause of her death when the manor was announced. Te- Teton County Coroner Dr. Brent Blue found in his initial determination that Petito 22 was the victim of a homicide. The FBI's Denver Field Police Office announced on, fe- on September 21st. Her body had turned up near Grand Teton National Park in Wyoming on September 19th. Now, here's the part that freaks me out the most about this. Okay. Okay? Now, this is the part that really cemented my interest. I was in Denver uh, when this uh, was going down, when the story was really blowing up. I was going to see my partner's uh, show. She has a show. She does a little song and dance for people. I don't know what it is. I've uh, never seen it, but uh, I closed my eyes the whole time. But I was there with uh, with Grace and I, we were just in the bed and both of us independently, not knowing it, we're just scrolling through, just doom scrolling the yeah. story. And uh, there's a phenomenon that happens with this, like the um, the thing that happened near uh, Skid Row the in the water tank. That girl, you know oh, that yeah, whole story? yeah, yeah. I heard about Where that, yeah. It, it's like these internet sleuths will sort of step up or whatever and most of the time uh, that gives me the cringe out the wazoo and I get really upset about it because I'm like these people need to let law enforcement do their thing and get, get out of the way essentially. However this particular story there was a couple who were YouTubers who were vlogging and they were vlogging This, yeah, yeah right? they were vlogging their their thing and it's um, you can find it it's it's the t- title's like is this Gabby Petito's van or something like that. And it's just minutes of scroll of just straight uncut footage and they pass this van. People were able to point out those were her sandals and all this stuff. But there's a little freeze frame where you can actually see a figure in the background of a field, uh, what looks like a shovel doing his thing. Oh, I didn't hear that. Really? Oh, know. you didn't hear? Yeah, I, I heard eerie. that they
1: said that they saw maybe a door close on the van,
0: but I looked at it and couldn't see that. But I, there was- it, I saw it with... My dumb eyes. You saw someone and with a shovel? It looks like it literally looks like, yeah. a figure bent over. Like you can't really see the shovel, but it is like a millisecond, but it is movement for sure. And oh. it is a humanoid shape and it is like creepy town. Right. Okay. And so what is going on? Mm-hmm. Pete, that we are so fascinated <laughs> with this and I know this is the cliche of course and I don't I think clichés are clichés for a reason is that this is a predominantly, you know, women love the serial yeah. killer thing. They or, or tend to. Uh yeah. I I'm glad you brought I that up
1: because I was going to bring that up
0: but I it's always a bit No, no, uh, yeah. You so it's you kind said of the that's... the, the, the <laughs> but, yeah. yeah, accepted yep. kind of um demo. It's like, you know, there's girls that are into monster trucks too, but it doesn't yeah. and, and girls that are into Pro wrestling
1: but it's like guys you've when we've talked about it and I want to make a connection but guys are mostly into the UFO phenomenon that's mostly right. a male phenomenon the 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 murder yes uh, thing is mostly feminine yeah.
0: um, and speaking of it being uh, UFOs being a mostly uh, male phenomenon I will also be a guest talking a little bit about the fundamentalists on the podcast let's get haunted which I've talked about on this before which is uh, female uh, hosted so yeah um, they're the two females that are in the UFOs so yeah what's going on? Why mm-hmm. Why do we love this so much? Is it just a, a sort of macabre, uh, death drive, uh, uh, visceral... Is it a desire to ourselves to sort of live vicariously through either the victim or the perpetrator? So we're going to dive into some psychoanalytic uh, yeah. uh, discussions around this topic and see what we can find.
1: Yeah, and I have a theory. Okay. Okay, do you want to hear the theory? Yes. And obviously, this doesn't cover... Everybody or anything? We're looking at it like as a social phenomenon. Why are like so? A a few months ago, on the one of our podcasts, I talked about how I think that what anchors some subjectivity into the UFO phenomenon is the question: What does women want? So I'm always
0: making it about UFOs. (laughs) Yep.
1: (laughs) But the argument was that of course people can be into UFOs for all sorts of reasons, but this phenomenon is largely a lot of men. There's this idea of what does the other want? What does the, you know, what does the other want? Anyway, I want to do the same thing with
0: murder. Hold on. (laughs) Yeah. So you, a Mm. Freudian, who thinks that the UFO phenomenon is about sex, are going to somehow imply that this too is also about sex a little bit. Yes,
1: all about, well, all about desire. I want to just backtrack yes, from sex I'm to desire because I'm more Lacanian yes, than Freudian. So yes, great. desire. But you are correct that I'm going to talk about desire <laughs> and sexuality uh, and hence the femininity, masculinity stuff Love as well. Um, so here's here's the argument I want to make. And I kind of take it. And by the way, this is going to be a great explanation of some basic psychoanalytic concepts in the Lacanian tradition. Love it. Um, so if if there's a certain sense in which what does the other want is kind of connected to, to some of the UFO kind of uh, libidinal investment, you could say that uh, what does the other have is very connected to the murder mystery. So for a lot of people, um, and the funny thing is, so whenever Freud said what does women want, he doesn't say what do women want. He says what does women want, as in the kind of like woman as a, as a,
0: the as archetypal species, woman.
1: Yeah. Which doesn't exist. And that was Freud's point is like, that doesn't exist. Man, yeah. woman doesn't exist, but there is, but what they find in neurotics in the clinic was that male neurotics and female neurotics tended to have a different relationship to the objects of their desire. Uh, Funnily enough, different from psychotics and perverse, but in terms of neurosis, there was these different experiences of how how desire functions. And what was seen was that um, there is a type of desire in which some people are like, what is it that makes someone so desirable that a person will kill for them, die for them, or kill them? So whenever you look look at someone, like so romance, is you look at, say, a woman, and you ask yourself, why is it? What is it? She, what secret treasure does she have?
0: Yeah, that, yeah. That generates every day, every damn day. I tell you, <laughs> I just start drinking a beer. No, <laughs> <laughs> you experience this? Oh God, every yeah. day.
1: Yeah. Well, what? Well, what is this? This profound inner something that that this this that generates, I say, this excessive desire, yeah. which is called object a, and in weirdly in murders it's a similar thing as what is it that generates this desire that's so excessive to kill like there's something like that has to be to generate that yeah. much passion and sometimes the affect that people have when they watch these is that they are fearful that someone's going to murder them so the i've got a few friends uh, uh one of them I was talking to recently who was saying that you know, she'll, the, the affect she'll have is this fear of someone breaking into the house to murder, mm-hmm. right? Um, which, of course, in some sort of unconscious way is like also an excitement that, that there's something in you that generates so much desire that yeah. someone would want to kill you. There's, there's a passion.
0: Okay. Yeah, I see.
1: And, and by the way, the interesting thing about this kind of desire and why it's not about man and woman is because one of the stereotypical in psychoanalysis Uh, examples of the feminine structure is Socrates because Socrates was actually this ugly guy who knew nothing but he had what uh, one person at the time called uh, a secret treasure Um, um, it was called a a galma a secret treasure something about Socrates that made him so desirable that everybody wanted to sit around and be around him so first thing I was kind of wanting to throw out is this idea that for some people, and men and women, but they, the question is what does the other have that makes them so desirable that a person will either die for them, kill for them or be killed for them? Mm-hmm. That's why actually some people as well in relationships have to have drama. They want to evoke any form of passion, any form of something um, because that passion generates their experience that I have the secret treasure within me. Mm-hmm. So that's the first thought. Okay. I can keep going or I can stop there. Let's keep going. Okay, let's keep that da- let's keep let's um, keep rolling down this road. All right. So this comes to this notion of what it, it's called object putia. We've talked about it. It's never translated. That's why it's always in French. But if you translate it, it's called small object A
0: or Object A. <laughs> it's never translated. But translated, <laughs> it means
1: Yeah. <laughs> small object A. I will just call it object. I'll just call it object A, right? For the sake of this. Um Object A is a type of proto object. It's a type of um it's that thing that is ultimately desirous it's the thing that you really want but actually it doesn't exist so every time you get it it's not really there and so here's my thinking of how to understand object a okay is if if someone goes into a chemist and there's two types of painkiller and they're looking at which painkiller to buy right we all know this first bit is if there's the, the store one and then there's one that's much more expensive with better packaging and more mm-hmm. advertising even though they both have the same ingredients the one that's more expensive will tend to work better mm-hmm. um, unless you're autistic or something it won't work or psychotic but but for a neurotic person placebo effect will take place and this the the more expensive painkiller you will experience it yeah. working better now people all know that but what is more interesting is if that person goes into the store and they're looking at the two painkillers, they have exactly the same ingredient. And so object A, by the way, is the extra ingredient that the expensive one has. It doesn't have it in reality, but there's something that, the lore, yeah. yeah, that yeah, makes, gives it this extra hit and it actually works. It actually is effective. But if I say to the person, listen, they both have exactly the same ingredients. They're both, identical in every way, the more expensive one will still work better. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So the, what so the it, issues,
0: And you're saying it literally works better. It,
1: when, when it literally works better plus a placebo, yes. The, yes, per, the person will still feel that that painkiller was more effective. There is a
0: change better. that happens so that it's physiological, not a site. It's not purely yes, psychological. Not purely psychological. The, <laughs> the cause is psychological. Yeah. The, okay.
1: Yeah, so pain and pain cycle. But yeah, they're, they're literally, they will yeah, feel yeah. less pain. And, what what this shows is what uh, Lacan and Freud understood uh, is that object a is not um, it does it does not exist because of your desire and your belief it exists because of the desire and the belief of the big other and in this sense society advertisers the the shop every this society is kind of saying this is a better painkiller mm-hmm. so even though you know it's not object a still is within it because Your desire and your belief is sustained by the big other's desire and the big other's belief. So, in this way, what we desire is the other's desire. What we desire is the desire of the other. Object A is we're trying to get the other's desire. And what we desire is the desire of our parents, our desire, sure. our society. So that's what object A is. So the, whenever but someone- Object
0: says, A is different than the object French word that you used, right? No, same same thing. Same thing, okay. But oh, you're that, just so. saying smaller object A, like I thought you meant like uh, there's object A and smaller object, you're just saying that word is just a uh, object A. Basically. Yes,
1: okay. but yeah, but it is It is said a small object, which the small almost means prudu, like a proto object desire. It's, a, it's an object, but you can't grasp it. Yeah. It's that like in in the uh, peep show, whenever super steals a chocolate bar, and, you, and Jez says, oh, it tastes really good. And he says, the secret ingredient is crime, <laughs> right? It's like, <laughs> you know, the stolen chocolate bar tastes better than the regular chocolate bar mm-hmm. because of object A. Yep, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so that's that's kind of how, that's why a stolen bottle of wine always tastes better than the same yeah. wine that's not stolen that you paid for. Um, so that's, and, and the question then for some people is, how do I, what is it that that person has that evokes so much desire and even if you're the object of desire, which is why some people are conflicted when they're, say, a beautiful woman, for example, who can love being beautiful but also feel, are you just loving me because of my beauty, or is there what is the thing that is within me that that is desirable? What what is it? And so, anyway, that's my that's my suspicion of this intense interest.
0: Wow. Yeah. Um, very intense. <laughs> In a nutshell. Uh, my. Uh initial thoughts about it were when it was go- all going down um you know one thing not to i think be ignored is the fact that she's a cute girl uh like a cute blonde girl who was doing social media and that's yeah. such a ubiquitous sort of stereotype in our modern culture and it's very lambasted against and very like uh uh cringed out upon but it's also she was just doing her thing and posting all these photos. I don't know if you know about this or not. She's trying to basically build her own brand. And there were...
1: I heard, because well, I heard after she died, like her her followers went crazy. Yeah, so and, that's she had
0: something. That's right. and that's weird. That's creepy. And that's true. And I saw those numbers go up. And I know who I follow and who yeah. chose to follow that account after knowing that she she yeah. was gone. I think that's weird. Do you well, think that's, that's weird? Object
1: a? I think that's object A. Mm-hmm. Is like, yeah, no,
0: that's like a great this, point. We, yeah, to your point. Yeah. To my
1: point, because actually, although she's attractive and all that, she looks, from what I've seen, you know, relatively normal, like young. Also like an 11, normal. she looks like
0: a child. There's something child, going on yeah. there. It's, yeah. Yes.
1: And she also looks like, to me, like she looks like she's just been picked out of middle America. Like not like. This, yeah, totally.
0: So, totally. Great way to put it. Not a, t- not a stunningly yeah. exotic sort of look, but a yeah. approachable cute girl. And so, yeah, exactly. The last she, yeah. thing you want to, you know, yeah. a but, good but, wholesome but, person wants to see. Exactly.
1: But, but now that she, but the fact that she evoked, this passion now means that is he, that's what's so interesting is that this woman who you wouldn't imagine as as the person who would evoke that type yeah. of desire she did so now she has object A so now she's
0: fascinating to everybody totally yeah 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 what was it about her? and I I I was thinking about when you were talking the um there were reports of her uh, and him her and Brian really arguing uh, a lot about her desires to be sort of a famous um, person. And I know we're talking about, or trying to stay on track, with talking about the public's fascination with this mm. kind of thing. But I started slipping into the actual case and the actual, you know, what would drive someone to actually just murder someone and then try to get away with it.
1: Not that we knew he did, I mean, that's still unsure. Sure, sure,
0: but uh, allegedly murder. Yeah. Um, allegedly, probably, definitely, right? Uh, yeah,
1: I, well, you know, I'm a big fan of the. Le- I, you the love legal, The legal system is shit, but it's much better
0: than public opinion. So yeah. I,
1: I always do. If I see anything that comes out online, I'll never make a judgment. I like until that it goes you the legal
0: system. count me as public opinion. That's I mean. <laughs> um I am public opinion. Yeah, well, assume you know, allegedly, um, hypothetically, we will yeah. say. The, uh, I can understand that sort of thing where he, uh, uh, if I if they can't if I can't have you, no one can basically. Mm-hmm. And social media, a desire to be sort of famous, I guess, is sort of in and of itself kind of got a thing to it where it's like, what do you what do you lack in that you need like a massive a public opinion and public approval rather from, yeah. for your, you know, life. Um, and I can see a very insecure uh, person uh, freaking out about that and, and being like, no, and then it being some sort of ugly thing. So but, do you think,
1: are you, cause that's really interesting. Like, because in this idea that the most, the thing that we really want is the desire of the people we desire. And if you feel the desire of
0: the one you desire is being yes, drawn that's exactly elsewhere. what I'm
1: saying. That's yes, great. and yeah, then yeah, that that does evoke incredible.
0: Yeah, all of yeah. a sudden you're imagining the, the your the desire of your desire is desiring the desire of literally everyone and could be anyone. Then uh, yeah, that's a, a, a probably a yeah. brain breaking thing if you're a, you're a little. You yeah. know what I mean, I mean that's um, that's
1: why. By the way, whenever you break up with someone, that's usually not the point that you're suffering is at its worst it's whenever you see the others jouissance or, desire, or enjoyment being drawn by somebody else so it's when they start going out with somebody else and you see that their enjoyment is is going towards or being yeah. fulfilled by somebody else that's often much more traumatic than the breakup yeah because what because now you no longer have their desire like you could break up with someone and in your head still think oh they still desire me they still want me and that can that can be better than going out with them. Totally. Because right? you can split up with someone so as to keep their desire. Actually, people do that sometimes, is to split up with somebody precisely to maintain the the most precious the substance, distance. which is desire itself. Yeah, yeah. Um, But then when you see the desire going to someone else, then it's traumatic.
0: Um, yeah. Uh, I was also just in the true crime um, World, watching this new docu series uh, on HBO called "The Way Down." Have you heard about this? No. Uh, it's. I remember hearing about it, and I'm pretty sure I grew up around this curriculum. But it's essentially this woman who um, was this sort of insane, like sort of like if Tammy Faye Baker had like an evil doppelganger, and she had just big hair pastor of a, of a church that was really a cult and she broke apart from the church and she created this curriculum called the way down where she basically is this uh, a documentary by the way or it a do- docuseries, yeah. docuseries, docuseries. Um, it's three parts right now and i think they're gonna do more but um she came up with this whole curriculum basically pressured women into losing weight and funneled any relationship to god through uh how much weight you can lose stop eating it was very like like, you know, the hyper-conservative man rules the house. But then she would just sort of take all these people's money and uh, I won't spoil how it ends, but essentially at one point she starts handing it out... It sounds
1: so different, by the way, from those uh, diets that are on Instagram of people who, you know, you pay these women who will tell you how to diet. Oh, well, it's <laughs> I, so I different. It's, no, but I, uh, I know. I, it's, there's socially acceptable ways and unacceptable, but this is obviously honest. But, uh, yeah, so keep going. This is interesting. It was unacceptable and it's, yeah. it
0: was it's so sad but uh i mean it's worth watching just to look at this woman's hair because it's insane and she ends up sort of divorcing her first husband who disagreed with it but uh and then marrying this guy who was like this sort of deadbeat actor dude who looked the part and it's just you hear all the testimonies of these people that are in this cult and it's it's absolutely bonkers and Totally fascinating, but I'm, it's called The Way Down and you should yeah. check it out. Uh, Cause it's based on the W-E-I-G-H, but it's called The Way Down. And there's a reason, uh, it's, there's another reason it's called The Way Down. Uh, I won't good. spoil for you. But uh, well, see, same uh, yeah. thing, it's, it's watching this and going, would I fall for that? Would I be in that situation? Mm-hmm. Would I go through that? Why do I enjoy watching this? I don't know, but I'm gonna stay up all night.
1: Well, that's, this is the thing like, and you know, like I bang on about this. This is why I'm so critical of contemporary society is that I, I love these documentaries because the way I think we should read them is that they're like a parable where we end up laughing at the ridiculousness of these people and, great we, we all, yeah, and, we, and we also condemn it. And then we go, oh shit, that's actually happening right now on Instagram yep. every day. Same with purity culture, you know, it's like we can laugh at conservative Christians go, oh, purity culture is so stupid. And, and then you go, oh, we live in a purity culture today like in other words religion is alive and well mm-hmm. purity cultures these kind of cult like groups and all that they're they're the, operating but but there's but we they're invisible it's always easy to see the others dirt it's always yeah. easy to see the the speck in the other's eye and not the plank in one's own
0: yeah. to quote somebody somebody <laughs> yeah socrates i think yeah. um yeah uh jesus mm. um uh what was i going to say oh i just lost it yeah. It was something about something. Uh, oh, oh, oh. Uh, the <laughs> Have you fallen down the uh, alpha, beta, zeta, sigma male thing? It is oh, look, well, here. a treasure trove of weird-ass purity culture stuff. Like, yeah. just dudes being, like, I don't know, so, so distraught and so... Uh, um, it, it, I think it's a manifestation of their alienation from society at large and all that stuff. But it's it's fascinating and it's it's cringy as well.
1: Well, here the thing. That I, so, as you know, and I've never given you the name for it, I was on this kind of interesting conservative uh, podcast recently.
0: And Did I one, just say the name of it?
1: No, but oh, okay. but one of the questions I got asked was, um, "Am I an alpha?" And I think it was an alpha male or a beta male. That yeah. was the alpha. Male. And he, he he under his breath he said beta. So I think he thinks I'm a beta male, which sounds now. There's actually a lot of wrongs beneath beta. I didn't know that. Yeah. yeah. But, oh, so that's Well, good.
0: sigma is um, parallel to alpha. Oh, but it is, rather than a pack leader, it lives on its own oh so, <laughs> so this guy is very into that stuff
1: and it was quite it was quite funny because i was quite new to it and i was like whoa how do i answer this and he asked me you know what is a man so he but he's really into this alpha beta thing mm-hmm. and i'm sure all of that so oh
0: yeah um, what a great i mean i would we should do a whole episode on that yeah. that uh phenomenon because it is uh, <laughs> like
1: so what are the different levels
0: well, alpha beta Alpha, beta, right? And then there's, uh, I think Sigma is the only one I really know of. There might be a theta male. Um, let me see. Let's see. Let's look it up right now. <laughs> this be alpha, beta, sigma uh, personalities. Okay. Let's see here. The six male personalities. All right. There's alpha versus beta. Versus gamma, versus omega, versus delta, versus sigma.
1: Oh, so they're they're in they're in um, polarities with yeah. each other. Okay, and
0: this is a f- small business and marketing advice. So you know this is going to be <laughs> as sound as you can get. Yeah. Every man has has unique personality traits that make him who he is and determine his actions. Despite seemingly random acts and ways of going about life being the norm for all men, there are ways to categorize a man's actions into more specific traits and tendencies. One alpha male, he's confident. He's outgoing, he's a leader, he's charismatic. That's
1: me. Yes, every quality. Every quality to, to a point, and
0: exhausts all of my qualities. Yes. <laughs> the beta male. He's friendly, he's reserved, he's submissive, he's loyal. Miss you. That's me right there.
1: Look, this is the alpha and the beta. <laughs> Maybe that's the new podcast, Neil. Alpha, beta. Oh, alpha, yeah. Beta. <laughs>
0: if we want the worst, or not the worst. <laughs> uh, the gamma male, he's adventurous. While, where the alpha male acts in a way that pleases others, the gamma male will do whatever he wants to feel fulfilled in his life. Gamma males usually have a wide array of skills and interests. Okay, so he's eager. He's aware. He's empathetic. The omega male, he's self-assured. He's driven. He's intelligent. He has d- diversified interests. And then there's the Delta male. He's resigned. He's resentful. He's self-sabotaging. He's lonely. Oh, crap. I'm a Delta. Okay. And then there's signs, the Sigma like male.
1: The enneagram
0: stuff. Right? It's, <laughs> so, it's, it's, it's that, enneagram. Yeah. That's exactly no, what no, it no. is. Yeah. Um, uh, and then finally, there is the Sigma male. You ready for this? Okay. All right. So we've gone through all of these... And I definitely didn't click. He's cunning, the, sil- the Sigma male. He's self confident. He's likable. He's calculated. Conclusion From the alpha male to the Sigma male, every male personality is unique in its own way. These personalities can determine how different men will react in social and business settings alike. You can use your personality type to thrive in life, and understanding others will help you better interact and make these connections. And then you need to sign up for the INFJ and INTP about the author from the feminism how to make this much a month. Go away
1: now here's the thing and this is i want to say this because it's very good that 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 we've got this diverse thing as you know i am actually very sympathetic to all of that and you're not so much and i think that's a good thing that we can (laughs) appeal to different parts of the audience because well i'm a delta male
0: i am resentful and i'm resigned
1: and but the reason why i'm i'm really sympathetic to these things is because i think they're a genuine response to stuff that's going on in society. Like I think there's genuinely some, you know, there's there's genuinely uh, within some communities, a feeling of like, you know, masculinity not being, yeah. you know, something that is as welcomed or as wanted. And I've seen this on, uh, you know, social media and dating apps and all of that kind of stuff that, and I can understand that. And I think that, that this generates, you uh, an opposite and then that opposite generates more of the opposite and they're dialectically related. So, you know that Yeah. I'm always, now, and, I'm, and I'm more sympathetic to, as someone who's like, obviously I'm kind of, you know, politically kind of on, on the left, but I'm very uh, sympathetic to the cultural critique of the conservatives, much more so than the liberal position
0: now here's yeah. the my my pushback there is okay when I want you, you to. say sympathetic it implies that i myself am not sympathetic toward the individuals who become enwrapped in this sort of you'd be sympathetic to the individuals
1: but i'm saying that you're you're more sympathetic i think i think let, let's see what you think about this yeah i think you're more sympathetic to kind of the of to to woke culture mm-hmm. and I'm more sympathetic to the critique of woke culture but we're both sympathetic to the individuals that are within those cultures like I think you're very sympathetic to yeah individuals. I guess so, yeah. yeah so and th- that's good that gives us a diverse audience to you know so, yeah. so some people will go oh yeah no I'm I'm with Elliot and some people
0: go oh yeah I'm with Pete I don't know you know what I wonder you know what I think I wonder if I'm the least sympathetic toward the uh, pushback against woke. Not necessarily the the sort of like. Um, did you see that Mark Driscoll video that went? No, uh, is, he, is he still arriving? Apparently, or, he is okay. he no, posted some crazy video? Oh yeah, there
1: was. I heard. Oh, yeah, and I heard there was some big article written about him about a month ago. That's all I know. Oh, really? I do know
0: what it was. Well, if you don't know who Mark Driscoll is, he was like a famous evangelical pastor for a real long time and then I think fell off something. He fell from grace or whatever. Yeah. Uh, he did the whole arc. But he released a video basically saying critical theory is uh, from Satan um, it, and, huh, and critical theory is Satan. And, uh, and if you have, a, and for all you, and he ends the video by going, for all you woke joke folk, uh, I you're if you're probably get ready to be offended, and that is where my sympathy ends. No, that's is, what exactly that's, what I mean. Yeah, yeah.
1: Whereas I am sympathetic, right?
0: Because I think that's um cringy. Like something about it doesn't sound like you're well. It's silly it, I and mean, it's totally kind of,
1: cringy. Like that's the thing. Is for me, it's the canary. Like that's the caricature because you know the it's a kind of you know, anyway. It's a very bad caricature, but I can understand. Where it comes from. Whereas, here's the funny thing. Whereas the caricature on the other side, they're both the same. But but I think you're more. I'm more sympathetic as, an I I get that critique.
0: I get the critique. And you're more
1: sympathetic to the other
0: one. I get the critique. I don't buy it. It feels like a bad faith argument. It feels like I I bet you I could spend six months go oh, guys, I uh, I got red-pilled and uh, I'm going to go after these woke folk now and I'd make a lot of money. And I just don't buy it. Like, I think these people are, are grifting off of but, a very and, real critique.
1: Well, see, what I would say, again, this is exactly my point, but as I would say, you can grift on either side. The point being, you would feel more uncomfortable grifting on that side than that side. So whereas mm-hmm. I'm... So, yeah,
0: I yeah. guess. I don't like either of them, but I would, I get more... Uh, Piss you about? Yes, or you
1: you get more libidinal enjoyment from mocking the conservatives than the liberals, and I probably get more libidinal enjoyment from mocking liberals than the conservatives.
0: Yeah, I guess I just think one side's funnier too than the other one. But But see here, folk joke. But my see
1: my critique is ultimately so my disagreement with the right, my main disagreement with people like um, uh, God, I forget all their names now. But I do know you know. But the critique, my main critique of the right. Is not their critique of the woke culture, is that they think woke culture is a leftist socialist position. Yeah. And as you know, like I've argued, and we oh, we argued, I argued this in a podcast that we never put up because I didn't want to put it up, but we're gonna redo it. We're gonna get is, past um, that. Yeah. We're is that for me, no woke ideology is completely consumerist. It's like that's why Facebook and Twitter and uh, the CIA, yeah. the major edu- edu- educational establishment, Hollywood. The reason why they've all embraced woke is precisely because they're not socialists, capitalists, it's to keep people divided. It's I, like in baseball their, it, caps. It's yes,
0: just like the, it's just like a, this, this, you say the right thing and it puts you in the right camp, and then yeah. you get people to go there and just like me, let me buy their product, and then you make money.
1: But it also it keeps people divided. Like capitalism always works on on by but where by getting people to misperceive where the true antagonism is.
0: Capitalism works by working hard and picking yourself up by the bootstraps. <laughs> right, yeah. Yeah. So the funny thing is whenever
1: I'm whenever I'm talking to people in LA who are obviously pro-capitalist most of them. And I'm not, you know, the funny thing is I'm not anti-capitalist. I just have a, you know, critique.
0: <laughs> it's um, a very nuanced position. That is you're it, yeah. finding, and it's funny <laughs> yeah. to because you're finding it, but it's sort of like a you're having a conversation with yourself, basically. Yeah. Well, I'm
1: always it's also it's I'm also Nervous because the words from Europe mean something different in America. So, like on the podcast I was on last week, I said to him, Oh, yeah, I'm influenced by Marx. And he immediately now he wrote yeah. row.
0: Did he have smoke coming out of his ears?
1: Well, you know, he, I mean, he was, but he kind of was into this whole thing of like Marx was possessed by the devil and something weirdly about how Marx possessed his parents. I don't know. It, it got very weird. Nice. And so I was, I and mean, you know, Marx was really anti religion. And I was, and I was, I tried to quote Marx. I'm, well, no, this is what Marx says about religion. And I quoted uh, Pat, but he, but he, but he was very upset. Like just the word, the word was a trigger. That definitely triggered him. Yeah. And I was like, oh, so that's a word I you know I need to avoid because yeah. when I talk about Marx, all I mean is that I think his analysis of the workings and the central antagonism of capitalism is correct. That's what I mean. So in in Capital, he he analyzes capital and he analyzes the central antagonism. That's that's all I mean.
0: Can yeah. I listen? To this- episode and then we do a reflection on the episode. What's that? Can I listen to this ep- this podcast <laughs> and then we do a uh, I'll critique it.
1: Oh yeah. I'll that's review great. It. Yeah. Why are you thinking about that? That's, that's a good that idea.
0: Because uh, I would love to listen to this and just hear just hear the little nuances of of uh, the spit take when you say that you're influenced by Marx, because that's just—I don't think you even know how bold of a move that is. That's just stepping on a trigger. That's, is that right? Yeah, that's just, you can't say that word. Socialism is another one they can't handle. That one—that's a trigger word for sure. Yeah.
1: Well, what was surprising to me is he found the words communism and socialism less triggering than Marxism, because he said, "Like, are you a communist?" Or a socialist and i said well you know and i said you know here's the thing and i and i said it's like, like in europe we all read marx marx is on the curriculum yeah you, you know if you're going to be a philosopher or uh you know in any of the humanities you're going to read a bit of marx so i said of course i've read marx and i would be more influenced by marx so i i used that term and i was interested that that was that was like he was already worried that i was a socialist or even a communist but Actually, he was more freaked out when I said yeah. that I was. Uh, yeah, that makes sense. That I was influenced by Marx. That's yeah.
0: like uh, the Marco Rubio tweet that he did recently. We was like, "What's happening right now within socialism? It's Marxism." And somebody replied to him was like, "Does your polling just say that saying Marxism gets people more riled up in your base?" And it does. <laughs> Like the, yeah, yeah, Marxism gets them, gets them real yeah. freaked out. Because
1: because I, I want to work. that The reason why I want to work that out, and I'm sensitive, we can do it in the podcast, is because actually my politics in a nutshell is the is a politics of contradiction not opposition so any oppositional politics that creates friend and enemy distinctions and then says there's the enemy to ridicule and mock is that's that i think that that is the fundamental political gesture to reject and a politics of contradiction is a politics which sees us all interwoven into antagonisms that we have to jointly wrestle through yeah yeah um, and I want to find a way to articulate that without having to mention any of these names and words like Marx that trigger. So I actually say I'm a Hegelian, not a Marxist. And that's a good way because people don't really ha- tr- aren't triggered by Hegel. So yeah. I say, I, and that's true, I'm a Hegelian, not a Marxist, but Marx was a
0: Hegelian. I say I'm a, a Biden loving liberal, and that mm. usually goes over <laughs> well. Yeah. <laughs> I knew it. I don't even that's think true. there are those. I don't <laughs> know how many those exist. Yeah. Um, Well, in your uh, in your contradiction versus opposition uh, debate, do you find yourself drawn uh, to stories of murder and true crime and uh, macabre, dark fringe events that sort of are peppered across the country that you hear about Uh via dramatic music and a narrator and one on one interviews with people that are shot very cinematically?
1: Yeah, no, that's a good... (laughs) That sounds like a pre-written question.
0: (laughs) Do you watch any of that stuff?
1: I don't, and it's funny because I don't think I... So there's the, if you talk about the two different types of neurotic desire, which is you want to have the object of desire or you want to be the object of desire, um, then I'm probably, although I don't, none of us fit, you know, fit in different ways. It sounds too reductive, but I am less kind of I less have a sexuality of um, wanting to understand how to how to be the object of desire and probably more I want the object of desire. And I think people who like true crime get really, really into it, are more interested in being the
0: object of desire. Yeah. You're so. not one to consume the true crime. You're one to go out and actually murder somebody. Yes,
1: yes. I really more to the murderer. Just <laughs> okay, just make that clear. This one, yeah. <laughs> yeah. If I haven't lost enough people by saying that I'm influenced by Marx,
0: <laughs> then also I don't yes, think that'll be a shock to yes. literally anybody.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Marx was possessed of the devil and so am I.
0: Yeah. 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 Oh man. Uh maybe he was. What is it
1: what does it do to you like as growing up in America, conservative America? Florida both I'll ask it in two ways what did the word Marx signify to you maybe when you were young and what does it signify yeah bad to bad, you bad, bad stuff
0: bad yeah yeah Marx is a um wanted to destroy democracy mm-hmm. basically not even capitalism just full-on democracy just everything just, just wants
1: to take it apart
0: yeah Marxism I remember just being of just a red herring just a word that was like uh you know it meant
1: stalinism I guess, in america yeah communist yeah. Yeah. okay it communist meant, stalinism stalinist
0: russia yeah, yeah. and Soviet then russia. that whole culture had sort of an air of you don't uh consume things like that because they can sort of uh influence you and so you know it's that kind of thing of trash in trash out which i think is very true and you do get influenced by things and so it was very much like don't read that don't touch that get, get that out get that out repel that repel that and uh and then you come to find out that it's like a kind of palatable thing, but we got to we gotta talk about Grimes reading Communist Manifesto after being broken up with by Elon Musk. Oh, was
1: Grimes reading Communist Manifesto? Grimes, Grimes is walking around looking is, like- Because Grimes has been, that's good news, my goodness. No. She
0: was super identitarian. <laughs> yeah, well, you know? Grimes is walking around like, like a photo, fo- like a obvious photo shoot wearing clothes that looked like she fell out of Hunger Games. As always. As always, yeah. And she's reading the communist manifesto, like holding it up like this. <laughs> that's, fair, that's funny. And, uh, she's communicating. Of course, it got m- memed out the butt, but uh, really, really funny. And yeah. you know,
1: it might sink in. Um, yeah, because like, because Elon Musk, um, it seems that to me that he has read and like he and understands uh, some Marxist theory. Yeah. Um, but I haven't heard him talk about it. But that was always one of the things that I saw between Musk and Grimes. Like, oh, they have very different political positions. Yeah. Um, so Grimes, what are people saying? Like, why do you think she's doing it? Is it a way to say, well, like, what? what's the message? Because I don't know much. I know her. I like her music. She's a very talented musician. Brilliant yeah. musician. But uh, I don't know anything about her.
0: No, or really no their relationship? Um, I, I have no idea. I uh, people are obviously making fun of it. I mean, it's kind of like you know, Lady Gaga. She's she. So she did
1: stuff with Shizek, uh-huh. um, and with a friend of mine called Crescent Davis. It was her. Um, she she's read the Shizek and yeah. the Khan and Marks, and she like she she and properly like she properly understands the. Theory. Cool. Yeah,
0: yeah. That's cool. Yeah. I like Lady Gaga. She's always one that I. I, uh I don't change the channel on she's wonderful but um yeah the the photos are just so I don't know the it the, the it's just her like standing around like and outside just perfectly holding it up and it's a little like photo op but uh you know I get it whatever she got broken up with by one of the richest people in the world so yeah.
1: the funny thing is by the way is uh when shezek and Peterson debated and we talked about' this, it's absolutely hilarious is, um Peterson for his homework for the debate read the communist manifesto yeah. and so there so she's who's like, written around about a hundred books and is a uh, his uh made a major contribution to about five different areas of uh, in in the world um uh comes in and then Peterson comes in having read the communist manifesto which was a pamphlet. Yeah. A pamphlet like it. like written for workers. Uh and be like, that was very, very funny. Yeah. Like that is not what you, if you want to read Marx, just read the first chapter of Capital, the first couple of chapters of Capital, you know.
0: Oh really? Yeah. Really? But that's
1: where they that's where the important stuff is, really. Yeah.
0: Wow. yeah. Uh, yeah I but what
1: you... does the word do for you now? I think so because you grew up in an environment where it was associated with Soviet Russia, it was associated with maybe the demonic and also with Stalin and the, the end of democracy. Nothing's changed
0: nothing <laughs> yeah uh, get out i say yep. to marks um no i i uh, only um what is it they say the more you read the less you know the more you learn the less you know the uh, more you learn the more you realize how little you know um it's not my area of expertise but i definitely don't feel threatened or scared of it it doesn't and,
1: trigger anything cause I, that's what i'm trying to no, figure out right no, no. in america where still people it's just a word that just still connotes a triggering no I people. wish
0: it uh, it did for 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 fewer people because I think it's an interesting conversation to have it, it seems to me to be a word that I like you said stay away from it. it's packed it's a shibboleth right it's a it's packed with so much meaning it's packed with more meaning I think than um it necessarily deserves yeah. like it packs a punch yeah yeah so I, I try to, to stay away from it because it's a good way of ending a conversation I think yeah
1: yeah I know that's why I try to avoid it because at, at the end of the day the 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 major kind of if you put it into a nutshell for me, like it's a lot to put into a nutshell, but it's the idea that uh, Marx says that we are alienated in work. So we end up, uh, even if we get well paid, even if you're paid very, very well, Mm -hmm. you end up spending most of your day doing a job that you have no personal investment Mm -hmm. in that doesn't kind of enrich you in any significant way. So much so that what it does do is it enriches the most animalistic parts of us. Like we want to go to the bathroom, to go to the toilet, because that gets us out of work, or we yeah. want to have sex, or we want to have a meal. These are all fine things, but it's the only thing that gives us value. We desires. don't desires. Yeah, because we don't get value from what we are huh. creating. I've never thought about that. Oh, yeah. I've so, never thought about how jobs make you want to poop and eat and have sex. Yeah, yeah, so that I'd kind of, like kind of find the only, only enjoyment yeah. you can have. Just from the most things. primal things. Those yeah. primal things. So it kind of turns everything upside down. Whoa, um, kind of blew
0: my mind there. Yeah, well, I never yeah. thought about that.
1: Yeah, I know Yeah, early Marx, who was kind of really into this idea of alien. He writes beautifully on this, of just how work can be kind of really reduce us yeah. in that, that kind of way. And I
0: thought I was a genius when I was working at animal hospitals and got excited for when I had to go poo-poo. Yeah. You know, I was like, oh, here you go, a 20-minute break. Yeah, if I take my t- if I plan this right,
1: that's the only way to, to to extract a little bit of jouissance, a little bit of pleasure out of your yeah. out of your life is that that little. And now with phones, it's
0: like you go yeah. in there and you're doing you're going to the toilet and you have your phone with you. It's cool. Blah 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 blah. Yeah. So you're just like, which is also probably a very primal desire of just sort of zoning out and escaping and yeah.
1: Hmm. And, then, and so we're very lucky because there are people who like we get to do what we love. Yeah. So I've always, since I was young, I've just done what I've loved. And in, in the last 10 years or whatever, I've been able to get, get money for what I love. But I've always but very few people get to experience that. Yeah. And the question is, can we can we have a society where, where people are invested in what they do? They're invested in what they do, and they also benefit financially from the value they bring to their yeah. work. And can they have more democratic involvement in their work as well so just like in politics you vote for people but in work there's no democracy it's the person that top makes all the decisions mm-hmm. is it possible to have a workplace that has more democracy so you're more invested in the work and as i say you benefit from that's that's kind of that mar- marxism in a nutshell yeah and maybe and some people say well, maybe we can't think of a society like that but that's
0: yeah a good it's fun thing to imagine of. yeah imagine all the people mm-hmm. um what do you think the uh, reason is for the um, usurping of Marxism into the social Marxism narrative, the the right critique of uh, wokeism, as they call it. Would yeah. you say that what what happened? That was, is Marxism? Is it because of the power of the word Marxism that it became a good sort of like tent pole for like, oh, the, you know what this is? This is just another version of Marx. When in actuality, it's like not that at all. Yeah, I mean, when they could have been like, no, this is actually just purity culture, a secularized purity culture. But instead, they said, "No, this is a fanatic Marxist agenda."
1: Yeah, this is this is right up my street, right? And this is this you have to be. I don't know if we've got time. Got time to talk about this? Yeah. What I would say in a nutshell, triggered,
0: triggered Pete. Yeah,
1: very <laughs> very quickly, and then I would love to expand like maybe on a different podcast or in talks. Sure. Um Is that so? Because this is the funny thing. Is right. Not not only this is where the right and the liberals agree. Uh, let's say the right and the American left agree is they both think that woke culture and identity politics is socialist and Marxist, right? That's really interesting. That's a very interesting kind of notion But one like it and one don't. Um, You can trace the mistake in the narrative of the right very easily because there's this narrative where Marxism became untenable in the mid 20th century Then it it became a cultural Marxism with the Frankfurt School. And then that cultural Marxism came over to America and the university. So the the right have this genealogy. So basically Marxism became cultural Marxism, which became postmodernism, postmodernism, critical theory, postmodernism, critical theory, critical theory infested the universities. That's the narrative. Interestingly, on a purely intellectual level, Marxism and postmodernism are not inter- like a, they don't fit together you can you can't move from marxism to postmodernism postmodernism is a critique of marxism and marxism has a critique of postmodernism the reason why i think this has happened is partly because um, you have to because society doesn't work right, and our economic system doesn't really work that well you have to have a scapegoat to blame for it not working and i think that for the right, this yeah. woke culture is the scapegoat to say that the, the society isn't working because of this infestation of French critical theory and political theory into the into mm-hmm. American system, rather than seeing this as the symptomatic manifestation of the truth of how the system isn't working. So the woke culture is Cause not- Cause
0: versus effect kind of deal?
1: Yeah, or symptom versus problem. Yeah, so like woke, the woke culture- is the symptom of the problem with capitalism? It's not what is preventing capitalism
0: from, from working, flourishing wonderfully, and yeah, being yeah. a perfect utopia. <laughs> yes, it is.
1: It is the manifestation of the crisis in a displaced way. That's what I would argue. Um, and then, and then the funny thing is, people on the left have seen woke culture not as the expression of the, of the violence of capitalism, or whatever. It kind of. The, the, the truth speaking um they have seen it as the way to overcome the system um whereas i think it's what the system requires in order to
0: function yeah they see it almost as a fixing of the system
1: yeah or they say yeah they think that and the other that, sees
0: a destruction of the system but both are agreeing agreeing that the system good
1: yeah. so yeah because both of them are basically saying that that the, the woke ideology is an obstacle to capitalism. So they both agree on that, but one is it's the obstacle that has to be getting rid of to make capitalism flourish. The other, it's the obstacle that we need to enhance in order to mm. collapse see, capitalism. But, but, but neither of them see is that it's the obstacle that allows capitalism to function. So that's the Lacanian, Shizekian thing is okay. that, no, it is, it is the obstacle, but capitalism's always required obstacles in order to function. It, you always have to have a scapegoat. You always have to have someone to blame for things not working mm. perfectly. That's, that, and that's what I think this functions for,
0: for the right. You know, no one understands the words you use. Right? You can't just say a word. You can't just make up little syllables and string them together. Babe.
1: You, you're, you said, because that's exactly what that guy said. I know, yeah, me. I'm, yeah, I'm going
0: to try to mention it every podcast. <laughs> this
1: is Whenever you podcast. get on a
0: roll, I'm going to go, and no one knows what you're talking about.
1: Yeah, the guy says, do, do people literally like nod their
0: heads and pretend they know what you're <laughs> yeah, saying? Yeah, exactly. that's what it is. So do people just nod their heads and pretend? Yeah, okay. Uh, okay. <laughs> yeah, okay. Central antagonism. Okay. <laughs> Uh, well that's great I like that very much Pete and I'm sure it's worth expounding upon but do you feel good about it because this episode is going up and there's nothing you can do about it yeah okay
1: because I generally after we've talked I go we can't put that up so this is definitely going up I've
0: never seen podcasts with more episodes on the cutting room floor (laughs) that's why we have (laughs) patreon.com slash the fundamentalists and you can see some of them there some of
1: them there maybe we should put up all of the ones that don't get Put up publicly. Well, I'd or, like to see the Patreon
0: go up, not yeah. the Patreon go up. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, thank we you guys. Takeaway? Any takeaway? Oh yeah, takeaways. To... Well, I mean, look, I love when we we deviate from the uh, the course, but um, or path a little hmm. bit. <sighs> yeah, I got a takeaway. Is this okay. what your book is going to be about?
1: Oh yeah, I'm writing a new book. Uh, which one? About. Politics or like, yeah, 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 the <laughs> um, politic. yeah, politics, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's
0: going to be a true crime, yeah, Whole chapter on uh, Brian Landry or whatever. His name is. Um, yeah, is it going to be on that?
1: Yeah, it's going to be on this notion of central antagonism and what that means. What is it? And it's going to be an object day. <laughs> the yeah.
0: term I just made fun of. Exactly, right <laughs> yeah, it's um, going to go that. What, uh, are you writing every day?
1: I have been. Yeah, I took a few days off to read a bit more. I wanted, There's a couple of books I wanted to read cool. before I kept going, but I have been
0: writing most nice. days. How many words do you write? A, uh... You know, probably
1: try and write about a thousand a day when I'm writing.
0: When you read, take days off and you read, you read a little bit, you get a little bit more ideas, do you credit all those?
1: So or what do you kind of do... take them as
0: your own account anyway? Just kind of uh, well, because
1: I, so because I don't write academic books as such, or I want to write books that are read by people. What I do is I'll I'll footnote people, but then at the beginning, I see yeah. I do so as not to, have to footnote everything. I'll list the the main people who have influenced me. So I'll go like so as I'm not like every footnote. I'll go right. These are the writers that cool. are you're particularly kind of influence this thought and then and then i could cut down the amount of footnotes a little bit um
0: i love when books have footnotes at the uh, at the end that you can reference them yeah but i do have i'll
1: have a fair amount of that and anything that i'm directly using will always be footnoted you know?
0: nice yeah. well i'm very excited about it no i have no uh, other takeaways besides cool. that i'm very excited about it. so thank you guys very much for listening do you have a takeaway no i'm should? good okay. yeah you nailed it all right bye everybody thank you so much bye